Why do you go on taking these chances, Vicar? You're not getting rich on it. And since they don't know, the parish don't thank you. Well, they can live and clothe themselves and their children and pay the taxes in a countryside bled white by the King's Parliament, which represents them and which buys and sells votes as if they were dealing in cattle. Well, you can't change the way of the world, Vicar. No? Unjust laws can be altered as well as made by men. There's a new spirit in the world, and it's taxed out of existence, robbed of their independence by the King's government. The people must fight back how they can. Well, men can't beat armies, sir. Ideas can. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. They're frequently dumb, but they're sometimes astute. They're always emphatic on a degree absolute. They're breaking the prisoner right down to the root. That whole TV show on a degree absolute. If you like lava lamps and weather balloons, and whack ass inflections from Patrick McGoon, Chris and Glenn made a podcast especially for you. It's a degree absolute. Glenn, Chris, you've done your homework. Uh, we, we've all we've all watched all eight episodes of Reacher. Right? So. <laughs> That's your thing. I was going to ask you about it, actually, but uh, no, <laughs> I haven't watched any eight episodes of Reacher. Although the dude who plays Reacher is the Alan Richardson who played uh, Aquaman on Smallville. So I should. So you're interested is what you're saying. There's a scene in uh, in Smallville where he's strapped to a table uh, shirtless and straining <laughs> against the restraints. So. And do you have that tattooed on your other arm? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I should. If I was thinking about it, Margaret, if I was a thinking man, that's exactly what I would do. Why don't you just, just go ahead and tell us what season, what episode, and at what minute that, that scene I, occurs. I don't really remember. It was a latter episode. But there was some walking away from an explosion in slow motion, so, you know. Really? They were doing that on Smallville? I've, I've never seen Smallville. They were Smallville. totally doing that on Smallville, yeah. But they were doing it in, with these really cheap neoprene costumes because, you know, it's it wasn't it wasn't a thing. Anyway. Well, it's the CW. It's not like they had money. It's the CW. And Chris, I'm sure if you'd watched it, you'd think their Superman was too short as well. So. Yep, that's your thing. I know there's there's a weird looking Superman on TV now. He he looks like a puppet. He looks uh, he looks like Guy Smiley, the, the Muppet. Uh-huh. That's not a complaint. Here we are choosing exile or death because we are in the, the Scarecrow's court. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarecrow's cart. Yes, we are. We <laughs> totally are. All who witness our fate shall remember the Scarecrow's justice. This is the uh, People's Choice Awards of Degree Absolute Episodes, Glenn, because we are responding for once to listener demand. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and read one of those emails that I sent you? This is from Dan in Philadelphia. I was introduced to The Prisoner by my Uncle Richard, who remembers the series fondly. He apparently saw Patrick McGowan on Broadway many years ago. It must have been impeccable eyes in the 80s. I like that they do research. My mom also has had a weird obsession with Patrick McGowan, once having gone to great lengths to obtain a VHS <laughs> copy of The Scarecrow of Rodney, Romney Marsh, which I still have. Wow. 
what great lengths do you think she went to to get a what would what would you do for a vhs copy of... i don't know man i don't know less than i'd do for a klondike bar <laughs> <laughs> and i do feel like i i have you two both glenn and and our, our fabulous guest today at, at something of a disadvantage you had to scrounge on youtube right to, yeah. to watch our and i hope we, we all watch did, the yeah. same version because i dropped 40 bucks oh. on ebay <laughs> on an out of print disney movie club blu-ray and this has that like it shows it in its three televised segments so it has the opening and closing credits uh to yes. closing song mm-hmm. yes uh, we'll talk about the song but but even before you get to the fantastic theme song for the, the scarecrow of romney marsh you have to go through the intro song for disney's wonderful world of color Sure. The yeah. world is full of color, color, color. And there's a, like a beautiful animation of Tinkerbell flying around. And then you get Walt, Brill Cream yeah. Walt, That's sitting there in his, in his library. And he has the three scarecrow masks on Ooh. sort of dummy heads. And he's, he's explaining that taxation was very high in uh, King, King George's <laughs> England. and uh, That's the thrilling stakes of this particular yes. show. <laughs> taxation. I do, okay. I do like the moments when he's like, the estate tax council will protect you or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, great. Revenue. The director I, I, of revenue. Yep, yep. Yeah, Lots of that. Yeah. Lots of that. <laughs> I didn't catch a lot of rolling R's here. Oh, there's every time he it says wasn't revenue. It spirit is, if it wasn't in his tongue. Yeah, it's, it's a distressing amount of people talking about revenue and taxation and excise taxes and a lot of that. We've got more mail to get to, but since we're already off the rails, let me introduce our, our special guest Woo! today, the Mrs. King to your scarecrow. <laughs> Possibly. I, I, I haven't seen it. that show, so I have no way of knowing if that's an apt yeah, reference out. or not. It, fall, it tracks. <laughs> she is one half of the Two Bossy Dames podcast and one third yeah, of the appointment television podcast. She is, she you know, for the kids, Margaret H. Hula Hoop Willison. Welcome to A Degree Absolute, Margaret. Hello. That was, that was a lovely... That was a lovely, that was a lovely introduction, especially like the Hudsucker proxy. Thank you. Throw in there. It's just like, I haven't gotten that before with the hula hoop, and I'm just like, why has everyone been sleeping on that reference until right now? No, that's true. That's a good point. Well, no no longer. Now, now, uh, now dozens and dozens of people. (laughs) Literally tens of people. (laughs) You know what? I'm just, I'm going to read an email. I'm going to try to get us back on track here. This one came from Jim. Uh, This was also April 2021. So very early in our our enterprise here. I remember vividly watching with my dad and brother back in 1968 when I was 13. He must have been talking about The Prisoner. Uh, Great show for a young teen. We were really into it because we loved Disney's The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. Magoon was The Scarecrow. This yeah. aired in 1964. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I can't imagine there were scare, scarecrow stands, but um, I, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. It's entirely well, possible. I do, I do have an important establishing question for please, you two as podcast hosts. Like, we, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? You, oh, this is you, good. You are. You are. This is good. This is the classic podcast question. I always love being asked this question because it is like, I'm going to start a podcast called Can I Swear on This? Um <laughs> Uh, also, when is this dropping? You should ask that too, because yep. sure, <laughs> that's, that's the sequel podcast. Can always answer that one accurately, but you can swear. I mean, the you know the more archaic the oath, the better. Mm-hmm. Sure. So odds bodkins. You want a lot of odds bodkins? Throw that in. <laughs> I, I think the most impressive thing is that I've never. As far as I can remember, I've never sworn on Pop Culture Happy Hour and had to have it edited out, which is truly a that miracle. is I, I know you margaret and that's that is a that is a thing yes that is that is 
a badge. You, of you and I were, were just on the red notice, Margaret. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you would have heard me when it was announced that there were going to be at least two more red notices, <laughs> that Netflix was going to pour a couple hundred oh, million no. more bucks into more red notice and i can't have a nice guy sequel i get one easy rollins movie and then no more uh no no edge of tomorrow sequel but but we get 19 fasts and furiouses and and at least three red fucking notices that's that's when that's when i'm i moved to the rude oaths yes that's wrong it is it is why are we talking about this why are we talking about red notice didn't you have a didn't you have another email to read oh yeah that's and then go. there's a protracted intro for you to do. Yeah, this right? isn't even. This is the pre yes. pre preamble. This isn't oh, even yeah. the. Yeah, Glenn, go read that other email. Come read on. Email. <laughs> Hold on, I need to get out of minimized mode. Back in the <sighs> chat. Yeah. When are you not in minimized mode? Uh, Step oh, it up. Penetrating and insightful question, Chris. Uh, from <laughs> Kathy H. September, recommended we check out much more recent Prisoner audio series, which I have heard some of. Oh, that's and me. Briefly, no, that's uh, I, I'm the one. <laughs> That's my well, I mean, note. I've heard some of it. <laughs> okay, this is... Well, how am I supposed to know? I know. Uh, I, I, I wish yeah. you could do... Thank you, Chris. Wish you could do the Magoo and Disney episode with Scarecrow and the Lives of Thomasina, in which he plays a widowed Disney dad. Yeah, I was I was thrilled that Margaret uh, went for Scarecrow in this one, because we, we are doing kind of a, a pre-prisoner Magoo Disney twofer here. I think this is com- this is contemporary with the Danger Man, right? This is actually during the Danger Man hiatus between when it like the initial like 30 minute format Danger Man, which was not really a hit. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it went away for a year or two. And then the Bond movies happened in the interim and those were globally popular. So they decided to reboot Danger Man as an hour long. Mm-hmm. And Romney Marsh and Three Lives of Thomasina were in the, the interval in between Danger Man Mark mm-hmm. One and Danger Man Mark Two. Okay. <laughs> Um, he was getting work. I'll say that for the man. He was. And and who, why are we talking about this? Lee, the reason is that in 1966, Patrick, we go and start the long-running TV spy series. Danger Man resigned to the height of that show's popularity to create a new series about a spy resigns from government service and wakes up in a mysterious inescapable village where each resident, well, scratch that, most residents are referred to only by their number. Surreal and provocative, silly and pretentious, ahead of its time and innately and unambiguously and lava lampedly of its time, that short-lived, long-tailed series was called The Prisoner. Yeah, it was. <laughs> now, now I'm repeating myself because we, uh, uh, furthermore... In 1963, whilst on hiatus between Ooh, the cancellation whilst, of Danger Man and... Whilst, while. Okay. Whilst. Extend whilst. Our pinkies. Nice. Whilst. That's right. Nice. That's right. Uh, whilst on hiatus between the cancellation of Danger Man and its subsequent resurrection following the global success of the first couple of Eon Productions James Bond films, Patrick McGowan appeared in a three-part network TV miniseries broadcast on NBC as part of its primetime anthology, primetime anthology, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, presumably was a series that Walt had created from a principal desire to celebrate the great contributions and achievement of non-white Americans. Uh, You'd be very wrong in many levels about that. Okay, okay. Prior to the American broadcast, the three-parter was edited into a feature film for theatrical exhibition in England under the title Dr. Sin, S-Y-N, which is how British audiences saw it before us Yanks came to know it upon its broadcast in February of 1964 as The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> the motion carries. So the most remarkable thing that I, I learned in my researches about Dr. Sin, a.k.a. the Scarecrow, a.k.a. the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, is that while this was being shown, uh, the first installment of it on NBC on February 9th, 1964, a lot of people were watching, watching something else. Anybody want to take a guess? 1963. November 1963? It's February 1964. February 1963. 1964. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So 8 p.m., NBC, first part of the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, and down the dial on CBS... Ed now. Sullivan is presenting the first. Oh, the uh, Beatles. Yeah. Oh, hey. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah. wow. This must have gotten such shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it really uh, that night? It was, that, it was the same hour, Glenn. Oh, my wow. God. There was a This I American think... Life story in 2005 about Mitzi Brill and her comedy partner, oh. like this husband and wife right. comedy partner who they, they like, yeah, they were on the same Ed Sullivan and nobody remembers and they... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they and in their memory they thought they bombed, you know. But they went back and and like looked at the tape, and they actually did fine. It was just that the audience was full of you know thirteen year olds who were who were not there for them. Mm-hmm. Sure, teeny boppers, Bobby Soxers, probably not yes, Soxers, Bobby so, Soxers. So a band that Double uh, O Seven dissed in Goldfinger a mere ten months later didn't even wait for them to ditch their suits and ties before he mm-hmm. uh, he started dissing dissing the Beatles. Does he do that in Goldfinger? Yes. Uh, really? He says you, you you don't drink Bollinger above something something degrees Fahrenheit. That that just isn't done. It's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. <laughs> Who needs it? My dear girl, there are some things that just aren't done, such as drinking Dom Perignon fifty three above a temperature of thirty eight degrees Fahrenheit. That's as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Oh wow, that is. Wow. Okay, Boomer. Wow. And then immediately <laughs> after he says that, odd job uh, chops him on the neck and knocks him out. So. Okay. Well. <laughs> divine retribution. <laughs> Dad, I'm trying to think what the okay Boomer for like the Greatest Generation would be. Would it be like I I Greatest Generation? <laughs> it would be I I Greatest. It'd be yes, sir, Greatest Generation. It'd be belay that order, Captain. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I like it. So, so what, what we're talking scarecrow here, Glenn? I, I think you should eat some crow because uh, <laughs> in, unless you you wanted us to just fast forward, move on to our, our next concept, and, and abandon I, I, the okay. the I will, I extended Magoon project, and uh, I, I was we would have missed out. We would have yes, missed. Out. I was upfront in saying we were bleeding this concept dry. We need to move on. There's like just because, in my defense, Chris, we did the Phantom, in which Patrick <laughs> Magoon is in that thing for what we figured out five minutes <laughs> something like time. that something like that but we and, had a good time like, neither of us had I, seen the phantom we enjoyed the phantom we enjoyed the phantom but not for anything mcgoon related and this uh it's got its flaws but it is serious yeah. prime uncut black tar heroin patrick mcgoon <laughs> yeah. this is pure this is great patrick mcgoon content i have issues with it but man you get yeah. you get him doing what he does, which is being a dick, uh, pretty much like he's well. I don't maybe his screen time isn't that much, but like he's he gets chance he he, he gets to spread his very pissy um, hauteur, uh, um, haughty, uh, imperious wings. And I mean, God he he gets to be a vicar and a superhero at the same time. It's it's, yep. it's the role yeah. he was born to play. He gets well, to wear a costume. <clears throat> The specific reason I had to ask about the swearing is because, like, I just think that if we're going to talk about this, like, we have to talk about, like, the noble tradition of Britain exporting fuckable vicars. And just, like, <laughs> oh. the tradition of fuckable vicars, like, writ large in, in British culture. Because sure. Dr. Sin, mm-hmm. well-named, mm-hmm. is yeah. just, like, a really noble entry in that catalog. You know, like, he's no... Wow. Um, okay. I just call him Detective Hot Vickers. It's going to take me a second... Sydney from Grantchester? Like he's Grant not Chester, quite right. on that level. He's mm-hmm. not quite there. 
I don't think we got any scenes of him like uh, scything the grass in his shirt sleeves, right. unfortunately. Right. But like, right. if they put him in there, I'd have watched that gif a few times. He, I'm so glad we'll we have at last, we'll uh, Margaret. Uh, Margaret. We we've had we've had a number of women guests on on the show before, friends of yours, and and, and <laughs> the, thank God, like you are the first one to to just address the issue of Magoon's fuckability head on. And it's, uh, it's overdue. He, it is overdue. Radiate? Thank you. Anything to you? This is real talk, Margaret. Like he does he seem like a sexual being in any discernible <laughs> way? Your your um your complete incredulity is just like really giving me life right now, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh like he, he's a tr- yes. Yeah. He radiates it's he's weird. You're not Yo, you're not oh, yeah. saying <laughs> the wrong thing. Right. But it it works for me. Okay. That's all I can tell you. So withholding, I guess, is... is yeah, are you thing. shocked? <laughs> okay. All right. Like, no, I could never have up. anticipated that from Margaret. It, it tracks. It tracks. But, okay. It's just like someone has to withhold, and I'm certainly not going to. I would argue from a from a, uh, a male uh, homosexual perspective, <laughs> a lot more fuckable people on this program. I mean, Interesting. A more, interesting. A lot more. We will get oh. to them. Okay. But we we still need to do the intro. Bullshit oh thing. God! Yes, that's that's. Oh, oh man! Mm-hmm. It's like I've forgotten it? everything I ever knew. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say. Rewind. Welcome to the. You know, you'd think I'd have this memorized by now. <laughs> hang on, hang on. No, I got it. I got it. And I and I am doing this from memory. Welcome, Margaret Willison. Welcome everyone to the Woo. private, personal, hand delivered. Okay. Something but properly punctuated podcast where we take this unforgettable and unclassifiable television series, The Prisoner, and related documents, and we. Okay. Could, could you see how dead he went in the eyes there, Margaret? It was, <laughs> I could. Uh, it was like there was something, like he, the life of his body. <laughs> Sucked right out. Spirit. All right. Out. Anyway, we push it like it's a barrel of contraband brandy. Now, at this point, Margaret, um, we're going to do entirely too many of these things. And you need to rank, rank them from yes. on a scale of one to six. Okay. Uh, you can use whatever rubric you want. You can never have whatever, like, your decision is yours. Um, okay. But, but that... It is the exact opposite of Wordle. Like, six is the best possible score. One is the worst possible okay. score. Okay, sure. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Very timely reference. I'm sure that's not going to age in the three weeks it takes for you to put this out at all. <laughs> I don't know. Who's, maybe someone will buy the New York Times. I mean, yeah, the New York Times is certainly hoping it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Willison and Wordle, two wise acquisitions by the Times. <laughs> right. Anyways, I'm ready. I'm ready to rank, and I know that six is the best. Yeah. Do you need to hear so, it again, or are you ready to deliver your your verdict? Deliver the Scarecrow's justice. I will deliver the Scarecrow's justice. I'll give it a four. That's very generous. Thank you. And I know shocking news. I'm generous and I like withholding men. You are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no one could have seen it coming. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that's fair. I'll give you a four, too. Okay. We file it like it's a ship's manifest that does not report a barrel of contraband brandy. All right. I'll say um, three. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm gonna give that a two. I'm I can give, take, I, I, I can I'm, take I'm, it. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give that a two. There, there is a, already a certain staleness setting in. Well, <laughs> well, then you're gonna love. We index it 
like we're researching a series of ships manifest to locate a barrel of contraband brandy. See, for me, this one's gone back around and mm-hmm. back up to a four. It's like because you committed, you committed to the bit. It's also you're a librarian, so it's like this indexing. Is, index, indexing is a thing that you do. Many times it's occurred to me that each of these would work for for a, like a library book, a cart of library books. You know, <laughs> didn't one, go one there. of these days, I'm going to do it. Low yeah, hanging no, fruit I'm, didn't go there. Three, three. To have a certain internal rigor. Stamp it. We stamp it like it's a barrel of contraband brandy, something, something, taxation. They stamped it on the stamp back, right? It was a thing that they did. I don't know. Yeah, wasn't that in the colonies? I that I'm going to have to give a one, Glenn. You trailed off. It just. I did. I yeah. Did. I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe in myself. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. You didn't do any homework. He did plenty of homework. How dare you? We get some barrels of seawater in mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great twist. Like we're in, uh, what's it called? Dims, Dimsdale? Uh, Dim Church. Dim Church. Dim Church. Yeah, Filmed on seems... location, by the way, in yeah, Romney yeah. Marsh. We, we, and, yeah, we'll, we'll and Dim Church. That, yes. There's a Romney Marsh. There's a Dim Church. Yep. <sighs> I, I mean, three. Okay. You were, you were really half-assing it, Glenn. You would fall off a horse if you were riding a horse because you're half uh, We brief it like it's the amount of any of this movie's female characters get on screen. I'll give that a four. And you know what? I'm actually going to give it a five because I, Mrs. Um, I was so bummed. I really four. wanted to see more of that hot redhead with the at the bar. Uh-huh. Yeah, was like, uh-huh. do, do you really just, think I'd be a widow for like, a year if there were any men in this town? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she was great. I was like, yeah. you would not be a widow for a year if I were in that town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She gets to she gets to put down you know a sexual assault and then that's pretty much it for her that's yeah. her whole with a cleaver yeah I mean she has to put a big cleaver mark in her own bar which is uh, uh, which is a bummer she, she, but uh, she's done worse. all right that's a that's a five Glenn that's a five okay we debrief it like we're Mips and the prosecutor Frag if they had gotten a room this time when they were they were meeting at the bar and they, they had like a little moment hmm. seemed like there was some <laughs> something going on there. So they they get they get debriefed. Is this when Mips is uh, feigning the uh, disability so that he won't nope, be press ganged? No, it's later when he's going up to the prosecutor and saying, "I can, oh, I can give you right. a horse," which is okay, <laughs> which is Cockney rhyming slang for. Okay. <laughs> I'll give that a five. I love queer subtext, yep. <laughs> especially even, if it's a reach. Even if it's not yeah. there, right? No, it's, no, it's not so much a reach right. as it is a reach around. But yep, yep. <laughs> I knew that was coming, and yeah, I was I still excited for it. Now streaming on Amazon Prime. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, okay. I'll, all right, I'll give that a four. Yeah, I, at least your heart's in that one, Glenn. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I can't muster much. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we uh, number it like it's the three episodes of Wonderful World of Color. We all just sat through. That's a, I'm just ending on a, yeah. on a downer there. I'm going to give that like a two for like mm-hmm. it's present. Yep, it's there. It's still yeah. it's there. It's it happened. It's a two. I'm gonna give it a one. Oh, I just I I know you are phoning it in here. This is this passive aggression. 
It's not. It's not. It's just I don't. I, there's nothing numbered in this thing, right? I, I was try. I try to make. I try to make it apropos to the to the uh, okay. property we are discussing. There was nothing numbered <laughs> in it, so I had to. All right. Well, whatever. Our, our inquiry into this insoluble and thing that I didn't write <sighs> now is not of a. It's not of a degree uh, non-committal, oh like like Glenn's um, <laughs> introduction. Not of a degree half-assed. It's not of a degree uh, inconstant. Mm. <laughs> it's not of a degree wayward. What is it, Glenn? It's of a degree absolute, Chris. <laughs> if you say so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, loosely adapted from Russell Thorndike's novel Dr. Sin. Again, that's S-Y-N. Published in 1915. Dr. Sin dies at the end of the novel, by the way. And then 20 years later... He starts writing prequels because in uh, in the 30s it was it was all about prequels apparently, and these prequel novels become more successful. There is a Doctor Sin film in 1937. In 1960, Thorndike, who must be getting on years by this point, uh, and William Buchanan, a co-writer, published the novel Christopher Sin. Great mm-hmm. name. Great name. Mm-hmm. This is the version that catches the eye of Walt Disney, who buys the rights. Found himself in something of a bidding war for the rights Christopher Sin. The other interested party was Hammer Films. They lost to, to Deep Pockets Walt, uh, so they end up doing a sort of copycat feature called Dr. Bliss, <laughs> which was uh, released in the U.S. as Night Creatures. Night wow. Creatures. Yeah. I do like Dr. Bliss as a counterpart for Dr. Sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, good you, job. I give yeah. that a five. Do you think it was like Dr. <laughs> B-L-Y-S-S? <laughs> sure, sure. On the southern coast of England, there's a legend people tell Of days long ago when the great scarecrow would ride from the jaws of hell And laugh (laughs) with a fiendish yell With his clothes all torn and tattered, through the black of night he'd ride From the marsh to the coast like a demon ghost, he'd show his face and hide And he'd laugh (laughs) till he split his side Scarecrow, 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 the soldiers of the king feared his name. Scarecrow, 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 the country folk all loved him just the same. Scarecrow. All right, so you guys are too young to remember this, but I used to watch Disney's Wonderful World, not of color, I'm not that old but wonderful world of disney (laughs) the wonderful world of disney and uh here's the thing you would it it was a crapshoot you wouldn't know what you were getting unless you had memorized the uh television cable television grid like i did but like you wouldn't know sometimes it would be a cartoon you'd be happy sometimes it'd be herbert the love bug you'd be like awesome sometimes it would be like a comedy but a lot of times a lot of times it would be this bullshit this boys adventure (laughs) crap That is, it's not the movie's fault that it's so boring. That's how they made movies back then. But, like, mm-hmm. it is so boring. Uh, and it looks terrible. Now, maybe you, you watched this on the on the Blu-ray, Chris, but we watched it on YouTube. Where and it boy, is it looks so bad. Muddy as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Everything is day for night, so it's just. It, okay, that's dark, what dark, I was going to ask dark. you, is if the, whoever did the YouTube rip knew what they were doing and encoded the video properly. Because my superior Blu-ray presentation really mm-hmm. invited the question in every scene, what time of day? Day is it supposed to be? Because the mm-hmm, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the day for night in this is distracting. There, there are scenes where you just can't tell what the hell's going on. Yeah, like um, all the action scenes. All the action scenes. What? Why? What am I watching? 
Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, in terms of, like, the bones of this plot, it's a Scarlet Pimpernel, it's Zorro. But it's about, as we mentioned at the top, avoiding taxes. Mm-hmm. And, well, like, hang smuggling on. is not a thing that just quickens the blood for me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care right. about it's not, it's smuggling. Not like, it's not like saving Aristos from the guillotine, right? Right, exactly. Okay. It's about, oh, you've oh, you brought some tobacco leaves. But oh, right. we must avoid the king's tax. I don't. Why is this? This is not like Americans post nineteen eighty complaining that their taxes are too high, Glenn. I mean, these right. these folks we're told are being taxed into poverty, and more to the point, they are being their their men are being abducted into the navy. Which yeah. I mean, come on, those are real stakes. Yeah, I really just was not expecting to encounter press gangs again. Press gangs, <laughs> press gangs. A thing I didn't know. It's been a solid, I don't know, like 21 years since I last had to deal with those in my U.S. history AP class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. But press gangs was a major cause of the War of 1812. I don't okay. know if you knew that. <laughs> okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. I, I think the press gangs, uh, which, which I welcome. first in, encountered in the Uncanny X-Men number 235. <laughs> uh, and How did they make it into that? I think they were like rounding up mutants in Genosha, which is a uh-huh. fake mm-hmm. country sure, sure. where where they have like, like mutant yeah. apartheid or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought the phrase press gang sounded sort of familiar. And I... Probably went to the library because uh, the internet was not the thing that normal people had uh, at that time. Because even then you knew you wanted to cater to me now. Like you didn't know why. <laughs> yes, that's right, Margaret. <laughs> we were on a, on a slow, slow boat to, to China. Can destiny. we agree that Dr. Sane is kind of a dick? Yeah, well, because he's constantly... I mean, but like, he's, he's righteous in his self-righteousness. He thinks that he's executed someone. Yeah. And, like, it's great that he... Didn't. That was awesome. I that was guess. awesome, and the Disney Disney Wide World of Color that uh, he does a fake hanging. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean this this is a great setup for the prisoner because he is chilly, he's affectless, he's kind of stiff, he's imperious, he's haughty, he's uh, <gasps> yeah. He seems to look down his nose sure at every fucking one, uh, mm-hmm. and even when he's called to administer to his parishioners. And be kind, like he is to warm. He's warm to old lady Rensley. He's actually just pumping her for information. That's all he's doing. He's not actually caring about no. her like no. a human being. He is just trying to get information. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so this thing opens with Tinkerbell waving her wand, and then there's an ominous chord. The moment she <laughs> she, she waves her wand, which I I actually love this theme song. Let's talk about this theme song for a moment. And uh, oh, God damn it! How much if, of it do we have? Is anyone off book on the theme song? Um. Uh. Well, we should be because if we watched all the three episodes, yeah, which we did, then we hear it six fucking times. Uh, yeah. that's 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 a lot. It's a lot of times. It's a lot of times to hear this song. And it includes scenes that they uh, filmed specially. The scene where King George goes down and talks and looks at all these different actors and then settles on General Pugh. I thought that was all they were just kind of borrowing from the from the movie, from the show. But they aren't. They, they filmed that just for that to kind of time with the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> they got Groff Sauce to come down just for the the one day. Yep. Just to, to, there's lots of scenes with dead-eyed actors staring over tables at each other. <laughs> so dead, just so dead. Like this the is... dead in all of Christendom. It's true. You know who uh, who wrote this song, Glenn? That you're saying did not deserve its its half dozen airings over mm. two and a half hours. Uh, yeah, the bare necessities the, guy. Go ahead. Bare necessities guy Terry Gilkerson. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, it's good to know he did great work as right. well as this. He can slap. 
or he can suck. Scarecrow, scarecrow. Yeah. Uh, It does, I'll give it this, it sets the table nicely. It does. And uh, the whole thing about the the scarecrow, uh, this uh, smuggling kingpin, he has a laugh that's straight from hell. And, like, the laugh he does at the end. The laugh is... The laugh is great. Apparently, the the laugh was frightening enough (laughs) that they did remove it from subsequent broadcasts. Really? Oh, Mm -hmm. oh my God, Mm -hmm. it's so good. Yeah. It's on my my Blu-ray, of course. How would you describe what Patrick McGowan is doing with his voice as the Scarecrow? I would say it's Bane's Batman. <laughs> it's a laryngitic frog. That's all he's doing. Yeah, I was yeah. I was thinking swear to me <laughs> the whole time. Swear to me. Swear <laughs> to me. Like monotone. Monotone. No inflection. Cheat, liar, traitor, convicted by your own words. And this court sentences you to die accordingly. It is... Just staggering, like, the lack of charisma that he has as a leader as the Scarecrow. He would be revolted against in a fucking minute. He is such a dick to everyone. Yeah, Yeah. he gives him gold. Yeah, he gives him gold at one point. But, like, man. Share it among you. Yep. So what are you going to do now, sir? Make an example of Bransley that will teach the others a lesson they won't forget in a hurry. Mutiny among the Scarecrow's men is a worse danger than the soldiers are. So, as I say, it's not particularly dark in tone, but it is dark in optics. It's, it's, it's impossible to watch. But anyway, at the beginning, they're smuggling <laughs> something from France to tweak Queen George's <laughs> nose. Uh, one of the sh- soldiers um, who is coming up against him, a uh, soldier of the king, has a tiny little top hat. It's like, it's <laughs> like a top hat, except it's cut in half. It's like, it's like the hat that Mr. Potato Head would wear or mm-hmm. a flamenco dancer. One of those two things. It's a very odd... It doesn't seem threatening. It doesn't say soldier. It doesn't say badass. It says, oh, look at you. It's off at a look. Oh, it's a nice tilt. Oh, a rakish tilt. Um, so after they smuggle in some brandy, whatever the fuck they're smuggling in, uh, they hide in a barn that gets searched by soldiers very half-assedly. <laughs> like, they, they really should have found... Incredibly cursory searching. Incredibly cursory searching. Did one of them, like, hold its hand over the horse's mouth? Yeah, they mouth? all held their hands over the horse's mouth as if to say, like, and that's not going to work. Don't say anything, <laughs> horse. Like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Sure, sure. <laughs> you, putting, you putting your head on me is going to make me less freaked out. Um, uh, so General Pugh is riding in a carriage talking about how he's going to enforce the law and root out these smugglers, uh, which are called the gentlemen. And, by the way, Romney Marsh is in the southeast Right, right around Dover. It's very. It's like a place that mm-hmm. there was a lot of smuggling. Sure. So, so this is a. This is a. This yep. was a thing. This is a good place to set your story, and it right. is a marsh. It is swampland. So mm-hmm. this. This all. This all checks out. Um, it turns out the driver is in cahoots with the gentleman and the scarecrow because he throws what I'm going to call a data stick uh, yeah. <laughs> out to an encoded baton. An encoded baton. <laughs> encoded. Encoded baton. That has information on where to meet and how many men to bring. Uh-huh. Um, and this is where we learn that the Scarecrow has the people of Romney Marsh under his thumb. Because if you dare to question the Scarecrow, if you dare, dare to question why why is he allowed to be armed but none of us are, <laughs> then you get mocked. Uh, and say, oh, you don't believe in the Scarecrow? Like, he, he, these people, like... 
they've grown to love their cage is is what i would say <laughs> they have seem they seem to they seem to be obesient to the right. scarecrow in a way that is troubling that suggests he would be a lot more ruthless he's some sort of uh, weirdly charismatic populist demagogue he's much more of a strong man model of a populist demagogue i was hoping for more sort of like an insouciant wheeling and dealing like robin hood sort of vibe and we just we don't get that we don't get that here at all you want you want hot fox Mm. robin hood and what you you don't you don't get get it you don't don't get get it you get this it's a pretty goofy mask. Can we agree? It's not. It does it's not strike goofy. terror. It's a goofy mask. It's a dippy dippy mask. It does not deny <laughs> terror. I like the mask, actually. I do. Who are, what are the names of his um his two helpers? Like Hell one of them spite. is like Hellspawn or something <laughs> and uh, Hellspite, yeah. And then there's the the little kid who has the like the yep. hawk mask. Well, that's an owl. I would say it's an owl. Wouldn't you say it's an owl? Is yeah. it an owl? Okay. I, I kept going back and forth. What it really reminded me of was uh, Jason Schwartzman in The Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> sure. No, I get that. So there's an American. It turns out this is the shoehorned American into the proceedings who, if you go back and think about it, does not need to be in this thing at all. He does not add anything. He's so negligible to the plot that they actually have to play the scene that introduces him twice. twice. Absolutely twice. Without any changes. I was like, wait, did something... Happen? Am I accidentally watching like the condensed film this version? Is exactly what I thought. Because I was just letting YouTube autoplay what it was going <laughs> to autoplay. I'm going to guess since the the feature version is is only about 95 minutes, that probably one of the elements that's yeah, not sure in a they cut it entirely. But no, English just, release, just yeah. mm-hmm. whole cloth, the, the exact same thing. scene. I'm like, was my eye on the television every single moment that this was playing? I can't say that it was. Nope. So could my eye have been down? I was like, was there like a previously on? Was there like a an interstitial title card? I rewound and there was not. <laughs> I was looking for some indication that it was a flashback or something. No, but think about it, guys. This this was aired three weeks in a row and nobody had any kind of recording equipment. So they needed to be reminded who this fucker was because he didn't show up in the second episode at all. Right. So like like the, you needed to be and like you probably were like, oh, I, I seem to recall like like. You needed that because, I mean, there was no other way because he does not exist. He does not need to be in this thing to the extent that when they go to rescue the people from Dover Castle, like he's just kind of also there because they already really needed to rescue somebody from Dover Castle. They didn't need this guy. Well, Glenn, I think this is a little short-sighted of you, right? Because like where was this playing? Sure. It was playing in America. Yeah. So like what are we going to do? Just like watch a movie about like British people? people? Right. No, obviously not. Might Two. as well watch something with subtitles. You know what I'm saying? Right. What kind of queers do they think we are? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So there's that one. Two, it's just like the entire thematic import of the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh is embedded in that American, right? Because as he says, you know, like, like we can't fight an army, but like, like we're a spark or an idea or something like that, yeah. right? So it's like the idea of freedom is being exported to America mm-hmm. where we're going to do it right unlike these British weirdos. Yep, men can't beat armies but ideas can beat armies. Yes, that's it. Yes, there you go. There you go. See the the way you paraphrased it Margaret was so much more <laughs> stirring than than uh, a reverend uh, vicar <laughs> what's his name uh Dr. Sin. Sin, Dr. Sin, Dr. Dr. Vicar Dr. Dr. Sin Dr. talking Vicar. about uh, pin pin pricks a thousand a thousand yeah. pin pricks. Yeah. Uh, doing well, Sexton. Why do you go on taking these chances, Vicar? 
You're not getting rich on it. And since they don't know, the parish don't thank you. Well, they can live and clothe themselves and their children and pay the taxes in a countryside bled white by the King's Parliament, which represents them and which buys and sells votes as if they were dealing in cattle. Uh, you can't change the way of the world, Vicar. No? Unjust laws can be altered as well as made by men. There's a new spirit in the world, Nix. Taxed out of existence, robbed of their independence by the King's government, the people must fight back how they can. Well, men can't beat armies, sir. Ideas can. Faith can move mountains. What we're doing here is just a pinprick, but a thousand pinpricks put I mean, together. <laughs> when they played it through the second time, I was like, no, it didn't get better. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, still not stirring. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, this is the this is the Christian Bale like Michael Caine talk about like an idea, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a symbol like that's that's it. Um, and you know I get uh-huh. that, but man, there's a weird phrasing of this in the Last Jedi near the end, which I I do really like that movie. But but there's a weird like incredibly weird sense of like we are the miter that will start the spark that will <laughs> start, the, spark, start the, fire, the fire that will be the catalyst thing. for the cause that will. <laughs> Fall the dominoes <laughs> of the resistance. And you're like, well, you could say that so much more easily. There is an American in the carriage uh, who is wanted for printing treason. He escapes. He hides. And again, these soldiers suck. What imperial yeah. stormtroopers are to sharpshooting, these soldiers are to hide and seek because they just do not fucking. And then, and then you know, I, I felt weird because, like, he, he has a wound and he goes into the marsh. That's going to get infected. That's 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 going to get septic like yeah. that. That's going to get septic over fucking night. Uh, Did you show my to, disappointment, Glenn, that he doesn't find, like, the hollow reed and, you know, poke it out through the surface of the I water? Love I love that he didn't do that. Breathe through it yeah. while he's hiding. <laughs> I was looking for that thing and it didn't happen. Even with the day for night, I could tell that he, he didn't have a little yep. breathing straw. Yep. Uh, he goes to Old Mother Hathaway, who tells him to go to the Vicar of Dimchurch, Dr. Sin. This is where we get the men can't beat armies, but armies, ideas can beat armies, and there's a thousand mm-hmm. print pricks. Uh, uh, the guy is named Mr. Bates. <laughs> I can't deny you, actually, Mr. Bates. Simon Bates, sir. Mr. Bates. But it would not be safe for either of us to hide you here. You'll give me up? No. Uh, Mips, take him to Mrs. Waggett's Inn. My sexton will know what to say to her. She'll hide you till the coast is clear. You say nothing. Then take this, sir. I stole it in my escape. Stole it? Why? I thought to get it to someone hereabouts. Uh, a man I heard about in prison. I think they call him the Scarecrow. It concerns him. I was going to trade it to him in the hope that he'd help me in return. For all I hear, I don't think you'll find him. Many have tried and failed, Mr. Bates. Ah, he's like the devil himself, they say. Riding the marshes like a ghost. He comes and goes, they say. Nobody knows where. I'll deal with this if I can, but you must go, and quickly. Thank you, sir. And God bless you. Quickly. The persona of the vicar is just cold and prickly, and... Yeah, it is. Okay. 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 We are delineating Margaret's kink with every passing Uh. minute. You're one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, is the uh, like the ponytail? Does, is that at all part of it, or is that just just negligible? No, it's it's the emotional remove. It's Correct. not the yeah. hair. Okay, good. Okay. Bad hair can can mute emotional reserve, like if it's sufficiently <laughs> bad. But like this was just this didn't move the needle either direction for me. Uh, the hair. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like this is the, I, I mean, I cannot get over the, since we did, did Braveheart and the, the fact that McGowan supposedly wanted Mel Gibson to play number six in a, and these guys are, I mean, I don't know anything as, as damning or awful about Patrick McGowan as we know about Mel Gibson, but I mean, they, they certainly seem to be these kind of high horse Catholics and to look down on women and Jews. Hollywood and sure. yes, <laughs> yes, this role in particular really, really felt like a proto Gibson thing. I think just because like Bell Gibson has that same hair sure. in the Patriot, maybe. Which um, is another film we covered. Anyway. Which we didn't need to cover, but we covered. <laughs> no, we didn't cover the Patriot, Glenn. We have not talked the about one, the Patriot. What's the Braveheart, Braveheart. We did Braveheart. Okay. <laughs> which we absolutely did need to cover because that is a magnificent yes. McGowan performance and the thing that people living today are most likely to know him from. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, never so. do. Never do. Good to know. I don't know if, if you think it would work better for you if he were 30 <laughs> years older. He doesn't have emotional reserve in that movie. He has the absence of emotional reserve. He's he's just kind of... That's true. And he's uh, he's yeah. just slapping his face on around. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. it's not great. Um... <laughs> So Wednesday, they're doing mass. I was like, is Wednesday mass a thing? Mm-hmm. But apparently, A, it is, and B, they're doing it special because he, right. he, he is right. telling the town, it's a very small fucking town, he's telling the town that press gang press is coming. Gang. Yeah. This press gang, which really looked like they could be repelled, if you just get the you know able-bodied men of the village to like walk in <laughs> twos or threes. This this was not a physically imposing press gang. Like they have one kind of old guy. They have a couple the of children. Of this is, though, I do like this. Chris yeah. that you're like I could take him. Yeah, I like that a part of this podcast is probably Chris assessing whether or not he could take him. Yeah, it's it's most yeah, uh, most of totally, totally yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. like imagine this even five years later, they couldn't make this where we're. A vicar is telling people to dodge the draft, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, this Like this is 1962, 64, whatever the hell it is. It's like, this is not a message that can yeah, go out. Yeah. This is the opposite of that. Uh, they disrupt the, the Scarecrow's men come in. They disrupt the service. They, they throw a warning note telling everybody to dodge the draft because the press gang is coming. Then, then we cut to the naval gang carousing at a pub. The proprietress, who is awesome. Awesome. Uh, uh, best part of the yeah. best part of the show. Mrs. What's her, show. what's her Mrs. 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 What's, Mrs. What's her Hot name? Redhead. Come on, come on. Come on. I should. <laughs> of right. the Boston. That's right, Mrs. I Hot mean, uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Just she manages to stop a sexual assault with a cleaver, <laughs> but that doesn't stop a handsome young Swain from coming in and telling her, uh-huh. "My wife, my wife is pregnant." Um, and then Mips, the Scarecrow's <laughs> assistant, and I like the, I like this actor. This is something Cole, something Simon Cole. I think this is this. George Cole. George Cole, who I, I kept thinking he looked sort of like like Lithgow. That, he was he was mm-hmm. little Lithgow as I was uh, recasting this in my head. Uh, Kay Walsh as Mrs. Waggett. I knew she had a great Mrs. name. Waggett. Mrs. Waggett is the is the um, innkeeper with the cleaver. So Mr. Mips comes in. He is the Scarecrow's number one guy, and goes undercover as a rural stereotype. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. <laughs> oh yeah, what, you'd be watching the Scarecrow. Like he's doing the Cornwall. He's playing up the Cornwall. Uh, gives the press gang info in where the scarecrow is going to meet his men, which he shouldn't have done because it turns out that's actually where the scarecrow is going to meet his yeah. men. It's not, he's not a thinker, this guy. He is just giving up because he says he doesn't want the press gang to keep on questioning the swain, but it was still dumb, right? It's still a stupid thing to do, to give it up. Yeah, there was a moment where he was like, 
like they were going to get the information anyways. Maybe mm-hmm. he seemed to imply from like mm-hmm. the the recently bir- the the wife who recently gave birth. Yep. Whose husband's just been ganged by a press. Yep. Press mm-hmm. gang. Ganged by a press. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, they don't really. It, not a thinker again. Just like not a. Nope. Nope. Not a great plan. And then like I'm a little fuzzy. I'm like. How do they turn that shit around for themselves? They do. But... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really grasp how. Uh, so back at the vicarage, Dr. Sin is awfully dickish to Mr. Max yeah. about how mm-hmm. he gave the game away. Just such an asshole. And then <laughs> that night at Gibbet Corner, Scarecrow's men get the jump on the <laughs> king's men uh, in a way that is nearly impossible to follow because it is all dark and it's all ditches and I don't know Great. what the Good. fuck is going on. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that, that that was confusing for you as well. Yeah, so. I don't understand. Go guerrilla warfare in the marsh. <laughs> I am not in the marsh. This is our first extended dialogue scene we get with the scarecrow, and he is totally doing the Batman male voice. He tells the mm-hmm. prisoners that they get bread without the weevil bug, water that is pure, which apparently is a <laughs> right. thing because mm-hmm. you know on on naval ships that's not a. Th- that's not a thing. This is yeah. kind of seditious, really. This is kind of like, yeah, the Navy. Fuck the Navy. The uh, Village People song was, was kind of a direct rebuke of uh, Scarecrow of Romney Mars. Yeah, well, you know, famously. in their original yeah. version, that song was Fuck the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, like I, um, Freak Out by Sheik. <laughs> it was just like Freak Out by Sheik. Uh, General mm-hmm. Pugh reads the Scarecrow's ransom note, which is an exchange of the six king's men he captured for the handsome swain. Uh, they agree. He agrees to the exchange, but he snickers, so we know something's up because he's evil. The Scarecrow takes one of uh, the King's men hostage. He's surrounded, but he gets away thanks to smoke. Again, I don't follow. Didn't ca- couldn't follow that at all. Could not, not follow that at all. Don't know what's going on. Why it's important there's a boat and there's another boat. And, and yeah, it's- so much effort goes into the fact that there's a boat and who's going to drive the boat, and nothing happens with the boats. Right, and the the fact that the yeah. American is like he's already right. condemned to hang, so he can, so why risk another person captaining the boat? And yeah, which sounds and then cool. nothing happens with it. I was really expecting there to be like a twist with the boats, and no, there they is gave us Chekhov's boats, but they didn't follow through. with <laughs> There it. is kind of twist to the boat because the boat that the rowboat that comes in between the big boat and the the. It was the revenue splitter, which is like, you call a boat a revenue That's stupid. Yeah. Again, um, they didn't unpack that one for me. I kept wanting to say blockade yeah, yeah. runner, and I knew that wasn't, uh, which, I mean, there probably is a boat called a blockade there, runner, right? That's, that's totally, probably yeah, where totally Star Wars is. got um, it from. So surely, the surely. Boat but, that uh, the George, uh, that uh, his assistant, uh, Hellspawn, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, like, is piloting, <laughs> has the six... King's men, the six Navy dudes, the press gang in barrels so that they bring that to shore and it turns out they're in the barrels. Ha, 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 ha. We get that. Uh-huh. Then the score does the wah, 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 does that little kind of trumpet thing that it does to say, oh, yep. it's all fun. Mm-hmm. We're all fine. Um, <laughs> and then the press gang is in the barrels and the robot and then end part one. So where do we, where do, where do we stand? How do we feel? End part one. Confused. I'm excited. I'm excited, Chris. <laughs> I think you're going to grade this a lot higher than, than <laughs> we are. I enjoyed this very much. And well, I, good. I, I'm to, glad. To, you know, not least for, for Magoon's high level of investment. Maguosity? Yes. His, his, uh, his moral rectitude uh, has a, a ripe soil 
in, in the marsh. <laughs> if that is your only metric, Chris, then yes. <laughs> All right. So at the beginning of part two, General Pugh is terrorizing okay. the countryside. The squire. I like the squire. I've seen this actor. Let's talk about General Pugh. Hang on. Now, no. So I'm sitting there watching, trying to figure out, I was like, is he, is he a number yeah, two in the prisoner sometime? Uh, uh, Jeffrey Keene, General Pugh, I keep asking myself, Glenn, he played the Minister of Defense with a C, not an S, in one, two, three, four, five uh, Bond flicks from 1979's Moonraker yeah. up through 1987's The Living Daylights, back when they were cranking those out every other year. He has no discernible neck, so he can play a, uh, a, a great like, kind of bureaucrat. Anyway, that's okay. that's where General Pew, Pew, um, Pew. So General Pew is he's terrorizing the country. He gives up the name of someone who suddenly paid their rent because of smuggling. I, uh, this is <laughs> like this is the stakes we're talking about here. I do like that the squire, given like a minute, is like, yeah, I know the motherfucker I'm going to give you. <laughs> I know the piece of shit I'm going to turn over for this. That's true. Yeah. At first, he's like, I'm going to defend my people. Oh, well, you know, I'll go through my records. And you're thinking like, oh, this this could take a few weeks. You know, and then he's like, no, actually, I, I got a guy for you. <laughs> In his defense, Ransley's kind of a dick. Like, he's he's not a good guy. Um, so Pew uh, threatens Ransley. He's got 48 hours to gather info on the Scarecrow or he goes to jail. Uh, Dr. Sin goes to visit Ransley because, of course, he does because... <laughs> He is not a good yeah, guy. I know. I kept thinking that at some point General Pugh was going to give some other poor sap another 48 hours. Okay, good Lord. Didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. The boys were not back in town. The might of the government real inconsistently applied here. She's like, you get that press gang for just the one episode. And I was like, guys, I just, I think the press gang was kind of the way to go. Like, why did we give up on the press gang angle well, back. for containing this? Yeah, but like they never come back into come the back town. The they come back for the to for gang the people heist. with presses. Yeah, it's just just the one time. Right, that's true. I'm going to say this again. I think to call this this uh, gaggle a gang is aggrandizing them. We have like chubby <laughs> sure, Liam sure. Neeson and uh, and a couple of kids. That's mm-hmm. that's who they are. Again, just listeners, Chris could take them single handed, and he does need you to know that. You know who we are here. The press men for King George's Navy. Just a minute, my pretty. Where's your man? And yours. And yours. Hide him behind your skirts. Well, they're going to come out sometime, and when they do... Leave these people in peace, you loudmouth with your threats. You go beyond the law. Oh, no, I don't. I've got a free hand here from the Navy and General Pugh himself to scrag every man jack in this place unless... That's enough, you hear? Unless one of you! Any one of you that's living on smuggler's gold comes forward and tells us where we can lay our hands on the man you call the Scarecrow. This is my church, Petty Officer Stubborn. You know me, Reverend? Oh, yes. I've seen you at the Assize Courts when you've offered service aboard ship instead of prison to the the guilty. You'll find no one for your purpose here. It'd best be on your way. Very sweet uh, to old lady Brings Ransley. her a basket. Right? He is very sweet to her, except... <laughs> he gives her a basket? We don't know what... No, it's a basket. I kept looking. I kept... I froze the fucking thing. And... and Look, there's some shit in here where old Lady Ransley is like clearly have has been beaten by Ransley. Like she's, she's cowering, so, yeah. She's, yeah. She's she's cowering when she goes up to uh, when he tells her to go upstairs. Dark. It's like, oh, that's this is. Those were some imposing stairs. I would take my time on those stairs. Chris could not take those stairs single handed. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Now, granted, now, now this actor is probably exactly my current age. She's probably in her forties, but but. Uh, but <laughs> 
I feel like like Ransley tells her she's not fast enough on the stairs a lot. Uh, so Ransley discusses with his sons outside his mm-hmm. place very loudly uh, his plans to double cross the scarecrow and leave. Uh, uh, not confess to General Peter, right. which is good, right? He's not going to go. He's just going to steal and, some like, brandy and peas. Yep. He's just going to leave. Yeah. Which I mean, that's fair. Like, I would be like totally cool with that. It, yeah, I mean, if if he wasn't abusing his mom, we would probably be rooting for him. His stepmother, Chris. He does know that. Sorry, his stepmother. He keeps saying that. Yeah. Um, this is my adopted he... daughter, Margot Tenenbaum. Dr. Sin's cunning plan is to make an example out of Ransley, uh, to sell out Ransley to the king's man. And then uh, they get rounded up. And then in the dock, they're threatened with execution unless they give up the scarecrow's name. But they don't know the scarecrow's name. Dr. Sin shows up, points out that the supposed contraband may not be contraband. It's seawater and the case is dismissed. But Dr. Sin still um, strong arms Ransley to leave the prosecutor. And this is uh, his name is (laughs) Frag, which... It's only one letter away. Uh, goes to the inn and orders a sherry, <laughs> like a real Niles Crane. And uh, Mrs. Waggett is like, "Oh yeah, we definitely have that." Mrs. Waggett again, just one letter off. Uh, she, <laughs> she, and uh, Mips and the prosecutor have a little moment, a little subtext, mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. think I think something yeah. could have happened. They could have gotten a room. They could have gone upstairs. Uh, but the prosecutor gets Ransley gets to goes to Ransley with a good strong horse and uh, threatens him, which is overheard in a so convenient way by uh, John. Well, he follows him, right? But like, we're going to go into the kitchen, and we'll be in your house. Nobody's really thought about the acoustics of these situations. <laughs> and there's parking. What about parking? There's a horse right fucking there. Like that, you should be able to yeah. see that there's a horse there. <laughs> You clap your your hand over the horse's mouth, and uh, and yeah, Bob's your uncle, as we say told, here in the states. Bob's uh, <laughs> the one who makes Doctor Sin look warm as fuck. This prosecutor, yeah, chili, chili, it's a real good chili real fish. Did he look a little uh, a little Daniel Craig to you guys? I thought he looked a little Daniel Craig. Maybe maybe the bit, eyes. Bit, yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, he's so weedy mm-hmm. that I wouldn't mm-hmm. put that on mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, so Ransley, where he's where the the prosecutor Frag goes to him and, and is talking to him in his cabin, mm-hmm. his cottage, whatever. Mm-hmm. This dude is acting like he is swanning about. He is hurling himself against a post, <laughs> uh, and the score really amps up here. Score goes full ham when like uh, Ransley is looking at the one piece of gold that was left to him, uh, and he's going to give it up. He's going to give up the names. He's going to give up signals. He's going to give up storage places. So the prosecutor goes to the general saying, uh, if he shows up at the monastery, he'll hand over 20 of the Scarecrow's men. This is just kind of a dick measuring scene. Mm-hmm. And then Mips wants to kill Ransley, but Sin has a better plan that will... Um, Teach everyone uh, not to challenge the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow's justice <laughs> against the king's revenue, man. That's when it comes in, Chris. Okay. That's when we hear gonna, it. Going to need you to time code that for me so I can... Yeah, uh, it's there. Uh, prosecutor shows up to this abandoned monastery thing, and the scarecrow's men get a drop on him. By Again, <laughs> there's one. Yeah, and I know what you're talking about. Going, yep. Ag! It's, it's yep. he does the laugh. I guess it's terrifying. The, that um, amazing shot of the the close up of the scarecrow's face leaning in, and and then you you hear the cackle <laughs> and uh, jumping yep. down from atop the. I want you to tell all your friends about me. I'm Batman. 
<laughs> yep, yep, yep. They take the prosecutor to where they've got Ransley tied up. There's a court filled with people in masks. So yes. Prisoner. This is a precursor mm-hmm. to the prisoner. Mm-hmm. This is like, we, we get it. Mm-hmm. We get it. Uh, Ransley pleads not guilty. He keeps lying. And then we get cheat, liar, traitor, convicted by your own words. Uh, and uh, gag him, hell spite. Hell spite. Is, I mean, the one line I would pull. <laughs> gag him, hell spite. That's 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 the thing that I will remember. I will remember. It's not going to be the theme song. I think it's going to be the theme song. Should be. Yeah, should be. So they appear to hang him again for kids, right? Eight-year-old yeah. boys. I they loved it. I loved it. I, uh, no. <laughs> but it's an, an elaborate ruse. <laughs> they chase him away, and then Sin shuts down Mips for laughing by saying, "Oh, do not respect the dead." And part two, where are we? We, where do we skipped. Stand here? Well, we skipped one of the most important things, which is like oh, when, like Doctor Stan has like a real genius moment. So they've arrested that dude mm-hmm. because he stole brandy. He's smuggling brandy yep. and he's gonna get he's gonna get hung. And then uh-huh. Dr. Sin pretending to have been threatened by the scarecrow not to do this, just to you know, establish the dual identities, comes in and is like, Has anyone opened the barrels? And they're full uh-huh. of seawater. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can't arrest a man for carrying bottle like barrels of seawater, and so he's he like gets off scot free and then yeah. is attempted to be, you know, turned turned king's justice or yeah, whatever King's evidence, right, King's right. Evidence, so he yeah. get yeah he gets to be perry mason for uh for one scene the, like it's a, it's yep. a real it's a yep. real uh actor showcase this this round really Marsh. is uh, okay. Okay. All right. sam farley sam farley one of the gentlemen it's the one who who says uh i believe you scarecrow i kept asking myself where i recognized him from i kept thinking and? was he number two at an episode of the prisoner or something he played M in four Bond films from 1983's Octopussy oh. up through 1989's License I'm... with a C, not an S, to kill back when they were cranking those out every other year. He is also Admiral Heargraves in The Spy Who Loved Me six years before he gets the office with that awesome leather double door. So I guess he got promoted. He is the M in the Bond films after Bernard Lee, original M, dies and before Judy Dench comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty sure in No Time to Die... When we see Ray Fiennes and he's in this hallway where there are paintings of, of like portraits of, of the prior M's, I think we also see him along with Bernard Lee and Judy Dench. <laughs> Couldn't swear. He's no Bernard Lee. He's no Judy Dench. He's not even a Ray Fiennes. He's he's like the the Andrew Garfield of M's, the Val Kilmer of M's. He's the he's the like sort of forgettable forgettable M. Oh, and he's Sam Farley, you know. And his name is Robert <laughs> Brown. Like he his, even his name sucks. Yeah, um, poor guy. Yeah. One of my late father's favorite bits was referring to Rafe Fiennes as Ralph Filene's because if he couldn't pronounce his first name correctly, uh, my dad wasn't going to say his last name right. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. It's a real, it's just like a, it's, it's a very, it's like a Stilton of dad bits. Just like very, <laughs> very flavorful. It's yes. fragrant. Yeah. Really what? fragrant. Not for everyone. <laughs> Flavorful. I need to stop um, my uh, Fines right. basement to see if I can find myself a, a cheap suitcase <laughs> because uh, I don't like to pay yeah. retail. So, beginning of part three, thank God, <laughs> is getting chewed out by King George III, tells him to be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that down. Uh-huh. Don't know why I wrote that down, but I wrote mm-hmm. that down. Then we get a redo of the scene where Bates comes to Sin and Sin agrees to hide yep. him again. Complete, like, 
three minutes of screen time is devoted to this scene. Twice. Again. This is exactly how I felt the first time I saw, you know, because again, I know you pointed out, Glenn, that that the original viewers of this in the original context, they wouldn't have been able to rewind or watch it on their TiVo or stream it or whatever. So they they have to be reminded that this is important. They hadn't invented previously on right. yet. <laughs> right. Yes. But um, I've, I've written about this. I mean, the, there there are uh, in in the movie Heat where like Michael Mann like repurposes scenes that he wrote for various TV shows. And I'm sitting there in the theater in 1995 watching this. And I'm like, wait, I've seen this scene before. Like I, this, the dialogue is exactly the same. And it is. I mean, he's plagiarizing himself. It was it's a weird, similar sort of sort of deja vu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sin and the Squire are playing chess. A soldier comes in and says there's been a deserter. The general gives permission to go do house-to-house searches. Um, Sin realizes he needs to move Mr. Bates. <laughs> Mr. Bates. Right. But uh, as they go to do so, they see the deserter sneaking into... I mean, it's what rich people have instead of a shed. What do you call that? A storehouse? A what, carport? I don't know what that is. Like a, it's not a garage. <laughs> a carport? I don't know what that is. It turns out the deserter Guess is house. Harry, John's older brother, mm-hmm. who seems who's... to have uh, deserted from a ship carrying yeah. a cargo of he eyeliner was... because... <laughs> Very briefly mentioned in the first episode. He was, he was. You're which right. they don't remember. replay that scene. Is he Army Hammer or is this... he Bradley Cooper? Because depending on the lighting... This dude is kind of hot. He's kind of smoldery. Mm-hmm. He's kind of dirty. So we are... So we know Glenn's okay. king. Right. We are going back. We are... Pointing the the let's call it fingers at uh, at uh, at my kink because mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. I think he's pretty. And then this is one of those those things in the '60s where they they put people in. It's not correct to call it blackface, but they take actors and they sort of just put some weird bronze tan. on them to make them look like they've been out at sea or something. Or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, an older brother. They've been living rough. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yes, rough, uh, but but withholding. Yeah, but this this guy, the older you know press ganged older brother, who's now one of the Winklevi, uh, he's he's certainly the beneficiary of this this uh, weird skin treatment. Yeah, but he does have eyeliner. So uh, there's a romance kind of shoehorned into this thing where Brackenberry wants to marry Kate, the squire's daughter. Uh, the squire's Kate's a no. tremendous actor, by the way. This gets. Is she? She gets nothing to do. But it also feels like a, like her dialogue is being she's reciting it phonetically. Because <laughs> that yeah. woman is yeah. hypnotized. I right. was glad. I was glad that sleeping with the enemy worked out a little bit better for her than it does for Liesel in The Sound of Music, her obvious uh, counterpart. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, the squire finds Harry in the storehouse. Whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Sun agrees to take care of Harry. Brackenberry, as as they're leaving, they see the squire uh, leaving the workhouse. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get Brackenberry just kind of standing there, darting his eyes, which means uh-huh. of conscience. I think uh-huh. that's what we're supposed to do. I, I, you know, I was I was reading uh, Isaac Butler's uh, The Method, and the whole thing is that English actors are very technical and outward, and American actors are very inward, and everything kind of pulls out. Mm. And like that moment of just the guy sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Darting his eyes, like, yeah, there's nothing going on. <laughs> there is no truth. There is no emotional mm-hmm. truth here. There is just a guy. I am signaling to you. I am indicating, as we say. Yeah. I am indicating. Uh, but he, he has already asked the squire for for Kate's hand and been refused at this point, right? And then, yeah. like that moment where she's like, yeah, "I want you to fight for me. Will you fight for me?" And, he, and he's like, "I asked once, and he said no. What can I do?" <laughs> so yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> what can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, they take Harry and Bates to the vicarage and tell them to go find an underground stable. That sounds <laughs> shitty. Oh, terrible. Like, imagine you're a yeah. horse and you go, you're an underground yeah. stable. That sounds awful. Rough. Uh, very rough. Harry and Bates get captured at this stable. They're both taken to uh, Dover Castle, and the score goes full ham at this point. Like, it, like there's moments where the score's swelling, being like crazy, is not in related to anything happening on screen. Um, they are interrogated at Dover Castle. They refuse to say anything. Uh, and then um, when the vicar comes with John, young John, um, Brackenberry has a thing you don't do in front of guests. Like, Brackenberry has a break with his general. Like, this is what couples don't do in front of guests. Well, this what couples shouldn't what do. do in front of guests. <laughs> shouldn't do. Yeah, let's let's be clear. Right. Some couples do do this in front of guests. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's like, it's like, yeah, so Brackenberry has this very public break with General Pugh mm-hmm. uh, signaling to Dr. Sin mm-hmm. uh, and, and John that uh, he is uh, down to clown, basically. Which I guess is to... one reason you might have a fight with a partner in front of guests as well. That's mm. true. You wanted to let the guests know, I'm available later. Okay, I think, I think we're learning so much. So uh, much about me. So much about you. So they go to the dungeons uh, to pray. And it's clear that even though Dr. Sin says, yes, I often come to the dungeons to pray and blah, 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 blah. He is <laughs> lying because he's been like, so do these press gang people come here a lot? Is that a thing? It's like, oh, my God. You're a horrible, horrible person. Uh, so the press gang comes, takes six away. Bates and Harry come back from the torture. They haven't been broken yet. Mm-hmm. We see a newly worried Sin. Harry, Mr. Bates. I don't know by what means, but somehow I'm going to get you away from here before Pew breaks your spirit as well as your body. You'll never break us. And we'll never talk. There's no way out of here except in a coffin. Not for us. There must be. Trust me. All of you. Somehow I will get you free. Free? Free, sir? Not so loud. So this is the moment in this whole fucking thing where Sin actually has a moment of human vulnerability where he like he doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. This should have happened <laughs> in episode one. Like him lording over knowing yeah. everything. Like this is not drama. This is like it hasn't is... yet occurred to him that in the 18th century there was just that one fucking key that opened every lock there is. <laughs> he could just <laughs> get. Any that's key? Still, <laughs> no, that's still the that's still the key that's that opens the house uh, I grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> Literal this skeleton key. All right, so <clears throat> Doctor Sin's cunning plan involves copying a key with that wax. was kind of cool. He tells them his plan in the barn. Uh, they need to get press gang uniforms. So they overbower the press I gang want to break, at the inn. Break down the key thing. So he makes an impression in candle wax of the real key that I missed how he got that, and then because he's the vicar and he okay. has to go and unlock the. But then, then a the, blacksmith poured iron into the wax to make another key. Um, yeah, because the sexton. Uh, Cole, he talks about his sexton uh, a lot. His that guy sexton. is mentioning his sexton yeah. all the time. Yeah, well, can you blame him? Um, the the dude, his uh, hellspite, uh, <laughs> his friend, is actually also, among other things, a metallurgist. He was mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure. Six jobs. No, he's, he's like, hello, Dolly. He yeah, has yep, so yep. many professions. <laughs> wow. 
wow, that's a poll I didn't expect from a Chris Klimek. I just was never <laughs> imagining that. Thank you. And here we are. Uh, see, here and we I are. Showed, I showed Chris Klimek uh, Hello, Dolly, so I feel like... Oh, no, uh, you didn't. Oh. I feel, I feel like I did. I feel like I did. I feel like I did. No, you point. showed me Auntie Mame. Okay, well... You did oh, not show me Auntie well, one. that's better. Yeah, it is better. So he tells them the plan in this barn. They need to get press gang uniforms. They overpower the press gang at the end. This is a very long fight. Chris, what did you think of this fight, Corio? <laughs> I couldn't follow it. Was there a fight? So I didn't I, I didn't remember. I mean, it's possible my attention was, was wandering at this point, yeah. too. I mean, I thought the actual jailbreak where the like the jailer is playing cards with the other guy. And it, okay, still, this is before. We're, okay. we're still in the barn. We're, we're still in okay. the inn where they're fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting for, I'm going to say, conservatively five minutes of screen time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and look at this again. Clearly, uh, uh you don't have no. to do okay. that, Chris. Do that. Um, so they go dressed as the press gang. Sin is rocking a monocle. I think he looks. I think. I think. I mean, is it a monocle? It's or an eye patch. It's an eye patch. You're right. I, there, yeah. There, yeah. One he thing. looks like the. Upon um, my word, <laughs> it would be great. If the Hathaway man. He is supposed yeah. to. The idea is that he looks enough like chubby Liam Neeson with the eye patch that mm-hmm. he can. With mm-hmm. the, he puts the little hat on, he can. Mm-hmm. He can pass. Uh, so Brackenberry again, like the. the the dude, he joins their cause. It's because he, I, I, we don't know why. It, there's, there's, there's narrative arcs here that are just brushed aside. And John, the little young John, stays behind because he's a powder monkey. I didn't quite follow yeah. why that was a thing. That little so, kid, I, I know that uh, this is only two years before uh, Batman 66, but that little kid looked so much like Adam West to me that it was, uh, <laughs> it was really I, troubling. I got a Burt Ward thing from him. So Weird. Mm. Okay. He had played the Prince and the Pauper, both roles in Disney's Prince and the Pauper, yes. like a couple years before. So Sean Scully. Just like Wishbone. Just like Wishbone. Uh, the jailers are playing poker. Uh, they're distracted. There is some very tense key in lock action that goes on. For, <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. Very long time. <laughs> uh, there's some tense pretending to sleep action. There is some tense walking across an empty courtyard action. Then there's some saved by drumming action that I didn't quite follow. Did you guys follow it? The kid playing the drum is what. Yeah, I. I mean, I felt like they were because in the when the press gang was was when the press gang arrives in town and that poor little kid is is I guess that's their marching cadence is the little thing. <laughs> like God, talk about a fucking shit job. Just <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm feeling a little syncopation. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, when they replace those ones with the drum machines, no one's right. That's right. I'm going to give it a backbeat. Uh, Scarecrow's (laughs) men take the squire and Kate hostage for no reason I could figure until I realized, oh, it's just to say goodbye to Harry. Hot Harry. Harry's pretty hot. Uh, (laughs) As they put them on a boat to America. Right. Freedom Uh, soon. (laughs) Freedom soon. Uh, And then back at the squire's place, they drink to the Scarecrow and to the young lovers who were... I think going to America. Yeah, that's the implication. That's the implication. End of part three. Oh, End okay. of show. End of show. Um, so well, the great things march you. of England, the ringy road of Rome, with the guy to be to Simbi, and we're just straight to hell. <laughs> yep, that's shot that's a man in Reno just to just watch to him die. die. Uh, Margaret, we're going to start with you rating this out of a scale of one to six. Where would you? Where do you come down? I would say that I would give this a a, a two. Oh, oh, 
Wow, we're we're not quite in Silver Streak territory, but we are near. So I mean, you are you are you are in Explain Silver Streak. Why? Talk to me about the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. Well, I don't know that I have that clear an understanding of the stakes a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. To be fair to this movie, I was watching it in a very grainy YouTube thing, and it could be that if I could see the action sequences, mm-hmm. I would have found it more engaging. Chris can speak to $40. that. Forty dollars. But there was just, like, there wasn't a lot of character to it. And it's like, I've seen stories like this a number of times, and I like stories like this in general. And this one just didn't have any of the fun parts. Like, um, I really do think if you've got a hidden identity, you've got to have a love interest, because that gives the hidden identity, like, tension. Right? You're like, mm-hmm. well, I love her, but I'm lying to her. You know, it's, 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 yeah. Sure. I get that. There's gold in them there hills, and they didn't do that yep. at all. They didn't do that at all. So, and then the, the 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 secret identity is just like kind of a bummer one again. Just like I like I like my outlaws. I like them insouciant. You know, I like them a little <laughs> flippant. I like yeah. them with a sense of humor. I don't like them. You know, Bane voice. Swear to me. <laughs> you think uh, Playboy Bruce Wayne with his his little ginger ale pretending to be an alley cat is is more fun than uh, my secret identity is the vicar. <laughs> <laughs> who's uh, giving giving Wednesday mass? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I do. So that's right. that's that's where I come down on this. Okay, cool. Um, there is not a lot of daylight between the scarecrow and and uh, Doctor Sin because Doctor Sin is there's nothing there. There is just yeah, there's blackness. nothing there. I think what Magoon was trying to project is I am six steps ahead. I'm trying to think about people. You know, I'm trying to figure out how I can game the system. But his affect is so flat. And then the Scarecrow is big, right? The Scarecrow is, you know, you know, the thing. I, oof, boy, man, this is so boring. If I was an eight-year-old kid watching <laughs> Disney's Wonderful World of Color, I, could you imagine all this talk of taxation and, uh, like, it would, uh, how did kids... the The Phantom Menace title crawl? It's the Phantom Menace title crawl. It's like, I'll treat you as perfectly. But it's, it's, it's just... It's so boring, and it is where I will give um, Braveheart this much. Like, the action sequences are incredibly well shot, and you can follow the action. You know exactly what's going on. I didn't follow anything. People throwing smoke bombs. I don't know. It was just baffling. It was muddled and bad. So two out of six is generous, and that's what I'm going to give it to. Despite the prime Patrick McGowan action, the McGowan-ness of it all, He's being himself. He's doing what he does. I just was so bored by this. Uh, two out of six. Wow. Okay. Well, you talked me down to a four. <laughs> I was I was going to give it a five. Wow. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel Seriously? like like this is such an expression of what Magoon wants. This is before Magoon had his spirit broken by um, <laughs> getting exhausted playing Danger Man and then basically flaking out on the prisoner, just mm-hmm. uh, like not really having the emotional, psychological wherewithal to see it through and being unwilling to trust his collaborators enough to uh, actually deliver on sure. the on the promise of, of this, uh, the promise of this premise that he <laughs> was a seed of something, but he couldn't solve the riddle himself and was unwilling to relinquish creative control enough to be able to take advantage of the contributions of partners who might have helped him. And we have not really covered anything that predates the prisoner, right? Uh, so I think I, I enjoyed seeing seeing something that so expresses his ambitions as a, yeah. a rising at this point public figure, 
mm-hmm. an actor that, that that captures his sort of inherent superciliousness. Yeah, you were into the primordial Magoo, is what you're saying. <laughs> the primordial Magoo. I'm going to give you a six out of six for that. And honestly, the, the song, for me, elevates it. The song gives it at least one full point all by itself. Mm-hmm. The country folk all loved him just the same. Scarecrow. He would always help the farmer when there was no gold to bring. He'd find a way for the poor to pay the taxes of the king. Scarecrow, every man would sing. Again, I think every so the king movie every superhero should, have, should a, have a song. Yeah, not, I'm going to go farther than every superhero, Margaret. I think every film in any genre should have a title song that gives the uh, like the logline of, of the movie. Yeah. And, On the yeah. waterfront... Uh, could have been somebody. Could have been a contender. Yep, yep, sure. These are all good. These are all good choices, Chris. I've lost my daughter. Where is she? Not without my daughter would be a great. That's <laughs> probably an eleven o'clock number, but I would I would totally be down for it. I have only seen that video box at uh, Blockbuster going back a ways, but I mean, I assume that's that's uh, basically taken with Diane Weist instead of Liam Neeson, is, uh, right? A Isn't that of yeah. rubies where Melanie Griffith goes undercover in the Hasidic community like that? That's a song. That's wow, right there. was that a Sydney Lumet joint? Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Wow. Um, wow, we did that though. And now that. I just want to watch the Anthony Edwards Scarlet Pimpernel with um See, this is I think it would be so much more fun. <laughs> it, well, <laughs> have you seen it? Because it is so much long, more fun. It's long incredible. Time ago, long time ago. Right? Goose I mean, is the Scarlet it's also Pimpernel. Just like, yeah. When Anthony Edwards was the Scarlet Pimpernel, his his hot French wife is Jane Seymour. Oh. And oh. boy is she banging. And then like the evil guy who's like wants to bang hot Jane Seymour and so like wants to kill the Scarlet Pimpernel and Sir, Sir Percy Blakely, uh, he is played by a young, oh God, what is the name of um, that actor? <gasps> oh no. I'm going to need more help. <laughs> um, he's, more. He's, he's one half of, um, he, opposite Patrick Stewart, he was playing Didi and or Gogo in um, Waiting for Godot. Oh, I need more. Uh, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen. Ian McK- I got it. A young Ian McKellen. A young Ian McKellen. It's huh. weird. It's wow. fucking weird to see. Him I, I love that, like that, you that see... your your reference for, for Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen together in a movie <laughs> right. is waiting for God. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, did a lot of, they did a lot of social media around that, and it made a real impression. You are classing up this podcast, Margaret. Totally are. Mm-hmm. Classing it up and dressing it down. That's the Willis uh-huh. and Special. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I think the Scarlet Pimpernel would be fun i think zorro would be fun it's just what happened here is that patrick mcguin probably had a say in the fact that like the kate the squire's daughter was supposed to be in the actual books he is she is the love interest yeah Mm -hmm. and patrick mcguin having none of that because (laughs) i don't know if he's ace yeah you're you're gonna no you're gonna love this margaret this is really gonna gonna work for you in a powerful way patrick mcguin famously would uh, go through prisoner scripts, danger man scripts, and any any hint of innuendo of romance. Said, uh, nope, nope, don't need that. We're we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get rid of that. You you would think that the, this man, being the creator of the prisoner, particularly once they got around to commissioning scripts for the series, that this 
commandment would be passed on to the screenwriters, which it often was not. So <laughs> there, there would be a lot of bizarre compromises. No. Where it, yeah, I mean, where, well, you know what that means. He likes the process of removing it, okay. right? Because if he just wants it not to show up, you have that conversation one time. Yeah, you yeah. like the yeah. you like the struggle, right? And okay. that's where he and I get each other. Uh, okay, okay. wow. Right. We, you know what, Glenn? I think you know James Bonding. They eventually got around to re-reviewing all of the Bond movies, and <laughs> I, I, I want Margaret to come back when we when we do the Chimes of Big Ben again. We, we can get into all of uh, Six's weird hair stroking with Nadia. And I want I want Margaret there for for that. It does sound like that would be an important episode to have me on for. I, I yeah. think so too. Where he is just the like of clearly Big ben, take yeah, two. He is supposed to be canoodling with this woman and kissing her a little bit so that they can whisper to one another and and not be overheard. And he just refused to do it. So there is this bizarre <laughs> sequence of like hair sniffing and stroking. And it is like stroke, stroke, stroke. Yep, <laughs> Anya. It's exactly that. Okay. Oh, man. This was fun. This wasn't good. <laughs> I disagree. I, and I, I don't, I'm not looking forward to Thomasina because it's going to be like, it's going to be, it's going to be like wacky. There's a child actor and there's a cat. Oh, I man. I meant to send you the video box, uh, which has a, like a cat wearing a little bonnet and it says like their, their lives are about to change or, or something like that. Wow. <laughs> I, wow. But I, we're I, gonna pivot. At some point, we're gonna pivot away from this, just drinking the dregs of Patrick McGowan, <laughs> whatever form he is in, uh, to something a little bit more robust. But I mean, like I, I was wrong about this because there's lots of Patrick McGowan being classic, quintessential Patty G in this thing, <laughs> which is the just the whole point. argument for it. Yes. Yeah. So, which is I mean, look, we both enjoyed the Phantom. And agreed that it was sure. it was seriously I mean, deficient Billy in Zane, in McGowan. I mean, like I think we enjoyed. It <laughs> okay, but you were you like you were you were also into Christy Swanson in that movie. Sure. Like I sure. mean that that was uh, Catherine Zeta Jones in uh, like when she was she was uh, I think newly arrived in America. Oh, at is that, that point, the one with Alec Baldwin? In... No, that's the Shadow. Oh, that's the Shadow, which shadow I, I haven't seen that either. Like somehow oh, all, all these, is, I like that the, character. Um... Is it good? Uh, mm, oh, I haven't seen it in many 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 years, but I would say high bar. Yeah, not especially, uh, but we watched it because um, when I was little, my brother and I would listen to a lot of radio serials on cassette oh, yeah. tape when we took trips to Pennsylvania to visit our grandparents. And it was like that and um, the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes with Basil mm-hmm. Rathbone and Nigel yep. Bruce. And I, if you I have... want to talk about songs, I do have memorized. It's every ad jingle from that show. <laughs> I've actually used in my my Christmas mixes before because the I, I love the blue coal ads on the Shadow Radio Show so mm-hmm. much that I have a, like I'm bring this carcinogenic <laughs> heating agent into your home, yeah, please. Um, but no, I I love old time radio. I I have many episodes of several iterations of Sherlock Holmes and the Shadow, and uh, mm-hmm. do a lot of Johnny Dollar. Uh, yeah, yeah, love it. Love well, it, love this it. is why uh, we've all bonded to the degree that we did over the thrilling adventure hour. Yep. Right. Totally. 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 Right. 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 We've, we've solved the mystery of why we like each other. <laughs> Everyone was wondering. <sighs> yeah. On a related note, I was uh, I I did watch the the latest uh, Boba Fett after pretty much giving up on that and and uh, like oh and here's here's Timothy Oliphant uh, showing up and then it it's just like uh, I don't know if any of you like I know you did an episode <laughs> on this one and pants. I. 
as 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 extra hot great so aptly he, named him. he looks uh he looks a little skinny margaret i'm i'm growing concerned like i i think mm. he needs to he needs to mm. have a few extra meals but uh, i mean still looks great his his um you know i'm i'm very excited for for this upcoming justified series but um yeah uh uh sparks nevada mode elephant is a thing i'm i'm into we should wrap this up <laughs> so you mean I shouldn't ask Glenn if he's seen the uh, oh, seminal early 2000s gay romantic comedy Broken Hearts Club where oh, Timothy Oliphant is the gay lead is that the one about the baseball team yeah oh that was that was in my um annoying mode <laughs> like it said did uh was, that was in my mode when I was like not watching mainstream anything and it, even though that was like not mainstream I was like no I'm not gonna watch Bullshit. So I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I've it's, heard great things, and there's like the cast is amazing. The cast well, is just, just all hot guys. It is all hot guys. It's just like every single man Carrie dated on Sex in the City, but they're <laughs> fucking each other instead. Yep, love it. Um, I I want you to go in with reasonable expectations, and like it's not good, but it is yep. great. <laughs> Have you seen Santa Clarita Diet? No, but he I've heard is very so good things. Fucking funny in that. He is yeah. so, like opposite opposite justified like doing a completely different thing but my god he's so funny he is versatile he can be very very funny and he can and we be love, we love a verse guy credibly yeah. believably <laughs> tough well i will have to make watching santa clarita diet a priority you know, I I think uh, Timothy Oliphant, especially you, you look at him now. You look at him in this this latest Boba Fett. There's no way that guy weighs more than like a buck sixty. And I'm saying I could not take him. I could not take him. God, he couldn't take him. He couldn't take him. He couldn't. Skinny. No, he's absolutely skinny. couldn't. Skinny. Chris is concerned, Harry. but he couldn't take him. No, and he's uh, in in this uh, book of Boba Fett. You got a, a couple of I don't know what they are. They're not Jawas. They're they're spice smugglers on on Tatooine. The Pike Syndicate, Chris. The Pike Syndicate. They actually draw on elephants. They must not have cable. They must not have FX. Is the only explanation for why they would yeah. think they could outdraw Raylan. We Gibbons. are just going back. We, this is the fan serviest. Like we are. It's it's so stupid. We're just going back and servicing the fans. There is nothing new going on there. It is. Mm troubling it is mm. it is sad it is i that's what it really felt like i think it was like you know maybe we'll come up with something for next season if we get another season but in the meantime what does it cost to get hamled now let's just uh <laughs> let's just throw everybody in here for no reason and, like, like the first four episodes were boba fett and then like yep no, it's, never mind. Never mind. the book of whatever. the book of whatever yeah, yeah the book of wikipedia is you get ming now when you're wasting ming now when don't don't do that. We idiots wasting Ming Nguyen. She's amazing and can do so much, and she's doing nothing. She's standing there next to him, looking to him for like direction. Fuck that. Oh, See, I think it I think he could angry. use a little. He could use a little of the scarecrow there. He talks about how he wants to rule through peace or rule Niceness? through kindness instead of fear, and that's like, like, yeah. Like I, I mean, oh, he no, needs okay. to he needs to take a lesson from the scarecrow. I'm, yeah. Who Way to bring it back around, Thank Chris. Thank you. I, I, I loop it back into the podcast subject. Thank you. It's incredible. Margaret, what would you like to plug? Oh, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, like, follow me on Twitter. I'm Mrs. Friday Next. And I finally got verified. So that's a huge triumph. Yeah. How did that happen? Rub it in. Um, how that happened is 
I applied for myself a while ago and they rejected me and I was like, well, I guess I can never do this again. And I tweeted about it. And then Margaret Lyons DM'd oh. me oh. on the time slack and she was like, there's a person who'll just do this for you. And then what? six to eight weeks later, I emailed that person and that person did it for me. And then I had a verified check mark. How's it feel? I mean, overdue as I think how it feels. I've been verifiably <laughs> myself for quite some time. I don't know why they've been so withholding. I guess because they know it's what I like. Yeah. I, are you going to be less interested in Twitter going forward, you think, Margaret? Only time <laughs> will tell, Christopher. Um, As a person who was very uh, annoyingly passive-aggressive about it when everybody else on Pop Culture wrote Bear songs about it. And I was oh. not. Yeah. And I made a fucking thing of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> it does feel... Oh, it's such a waste of time. <laughs> such a waste of time. Such a waste of, such a waste of time thinking. and energy. Yes, it's such a waste of time and energy, but like mm-hmm. it, it's a thing. It's a it is. Thing. And now I'm verified, so mm. you can follow my verified Twitter. And more importantly, if you enjoyed spending an hour and 40 minutes okay, we're gonna... with me and Chris and Glenn <laughs> uh, talking about this thing that I didn't like, didn't it's like. possible you would enjoy spending four days with me in England talking about Pride and Prejudice, which I like very much. Mm-hmm. And you do have an opportunity to do that uh, through common ground pilgrimages. So that's a thing what? you can Google. I don't know if the overlap between your prisoner podcast and like people who'd want to go. Are you doing it at Port Marion? Are you going to talk about Pride and Prejudice for four days at Port Marion? Because in, in no. Wales, because that would be. A... No, okay. we're going to be we're going to be in the hills around the mansion that stands in for Pemberley. Obviously. That's incredible. All right. Yeah. You know, COVID willing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When is that happening? When is this happening? Yeah. That is in June. That's in June. So. Wow. You can. June of 2022. It was supposed to happen in June of 2020, but we all know how that went. (laughs) That could be a Top Gun Maverick release date for all we know, but we we hope not. We hope not. I want this for you, Margaret. Thank you. I want this for me too. I've done it virtually now. I did that virtually, and then I did a course on Emma virtually. So, like, I've cut my teeth. Like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go and do this in meat space. So, meat pie space. Wonderful. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a joy to look at both of your faces and musculature <laughs> oh, <laughs> for all this person. time. That's no, just – no, I'm just an honest and thirsty person. <laughs> Uh, yeah. See you back here for three lives of Thomasina. <laughs> oh, you two have fun with that. Oh God, see ya. <laughs> we can do Baby Secret of the Lost Legend first. <laughs> you know what? And, and also, um, but the the Moonshine War that that can be our backdoor into all of the Elmwood Leonard things. Things that like Glenn, we're going to do the Moonshine War, and that's how we're going to get to do Justified City Primeval because they're both Elmore Leonard. Things. So that is a good was in, um, uh, He was in the Moonshine War, which was uh, an Elmore Leonard screenplay from an Elmore Leonard novella. Hmm. Well, see, there you go. Okay. Something to look forward to, Glenn. Does not have the enthusiastic cult around it that the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh does. No one has which written us and does, said, right? So we're gonna get we're gonna get creamed. We're gonna get creamed. We are you're gonna are get going creamed. You're gonna get creamed us. because I like this. I enjoyed it. I do not regret my forty dollar Blu-ray purchase. Margaret, prepare yourself. The 
the scarecrow stands are coming for us. They, <laughs> they are not going to be assuaged by Mm-mm. us trying to meet this thing at the level that it is. Look, you never forget your first fuckable vicar. It's okay, just... see, it's not. He's not. He's not. <laughs> Demonstrably, objectively not. You know, when reasonable people can disagree. I'm not saying he's the most fuckable vicar in the entire world. I mean, he's the most fuckable vicar in this movie. A fuckable vicar. A fuckable vicar. Okay, right. And that is a character type that I think a lot of women imprint on at an early stage. That's true. All right. That's what the thorn birds taught me. Oh, the thorn fucking birds. I forgot about that. I think that's going to be the, that's going to be the button. Okay. That's okay. the button? Okay, great. I don't know. What do you have? I don't know. Why don't you uh, pitch it a little bit, buddy? Why don't you... Uh... <clears throat> <sighs> okay. And we have to do this again in a couple days. We we uh, we don't have our usual interval in between sessions when we do... We don't? Uh, no. Thomasina, I don't have Thomasina. Thomasina is also on YouTube. Yes. You could uh, do what I did and, and, you know, get a DVD for 10 bucks. Why <laughs> would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Or so you, you could just go and watch the DVD with Chris. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be a nice bonding uh, experience? Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Someday when we're not. When... That's how we watched um, uh, Auntie Mame and also Chicago. This is going to be the premise of our next phase is us just sort of um, forcing things upon one another. You'd be watching so many boring mm. Steven Seagal films or bullshit. Really? I oh, think well, so. Great. That's, that's what you're like going to give me, Steven forth. Seagal? Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be like fisticuffs and Fosse. <laughs> that's if we did not bad. The title that's the title right there. <laughs> I, I just watched all that jazz Fist for Fosse. the first time, like maybe maybe two months ago, and I mean it was, it was fantastic. Like that that uh, movie was was great. I, like like I, all that jazz. It's great. I mean, it is great. I, I've I never don't... seen it. Oh, you should. Well, when you cover it. You can have me on as a guest. I yep. don't know that I think it should have won production design over Alien for production design, but um, mm-hmm. but it's a great movie. It's sure. a great movie. No no question. And uh, it, it actually upped my opinion of Roy Scheider, which was not low, but I mean, I just I, I always thought of Roy Scheider as, as kind of the straight man in basically action films. And um, mm-hmm. he's he's great as uh, mm-hmm. as old Bob mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in that Bob. I will. What about apropos Bob? of Roy Scheider, reward you guys with the information that one of the most like profoundly sexual experiences I've ever had watching a movie was Richard Dreyfus in Jaws. I saw Ooh. it at like a oh, drive-in. My I God, don't Margaret, know. you are inscrutable. <laughs> I think um, um, omnivorous might be a better okay. term. <laughs> so, just so I understand you, if you're playing Fuck Mary Kill with uh, uh, Quint Robert Shaw, and, specifically, uh, specifically Chief Brody Scheider. Hooper. No, I want the I want, want the Hooper. rich playboy who's also a shark hunter. Yes. Just like a I recreational shark hunter. For, uh, marine biology and uh-huh. I thought it was going to be all Jacques Cousteau and everybody was uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Jaws. Everybody. Flannel, mm. beard, hat. Oh. I haven't heard anything about what uh, Robert Shaw or Roy Scheider are to work with, but but Richard Dreyfuss is like famously an asshole. No one, no one likes Richard Dreyfuss. No, famously an asshole. Well, I don't like him in person, but I responded profoundly to his physical presence in. To his Kevin. little, his his glasses kind of and a fire his. Plug okay, of a dude. okay. Like a right. Little fire plug of a dude. Really yep. took me by surprise. And then a few years later, I was watching um, Book Club, 
which is the one where, um, like, uh, Ted Danson's wife and... Uh, Mary Steen Virgin? Mary Steen Virgin, yes, she's beautiful. Um, yeah, she has her own identity, Margaret. Thank you, Christopher. Thanks. Thank you. Um, they, they all, they are in a book club and they read like 50 shades of gray and then they all have a sexual awakening and um, Candace Bergen's love interest in that is Richard Dreyfuss. And I was watching it and I was like, God, this guy's just got something like he's, he's really charming. <laughs> I don't know what I'm responding to here. And then I saw it was Richard Dreyfuss and I was like, wow, it's just every time I'm just, wow. I'm, I'm a, I'm a dry stan. <laughs> oh God. That seems, it sounds sad. Um, dry stan, well, dry stan, yeah. like Stan Kowalski. Great. All right. Well, this has been uh, revealing and, and delightful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Margaret. Listeners, join us in two weeks for The Three Lives of Thomasina with Josh Spiegel of Masterpiece Cinema. Till then, be seeing you. Step through on a wooden cross, blackbird in the barn. 400 empty acres that used to be my farm. Like my daddy did, my grandpa cleared this land. When I was five, I walked the fence while grandpa held my hand. Rain on the scarecrow, blood on the plow. This land for the nation, this land made me proud. Son, I'm just sorry, there's no legacy for you now. Rain on the scarecrow, blood on the plow. Rain on the scarecrow, blood on the plow. Crops are Degree Absolute was conceived by Glenn Weldon and is produced by me, Chris Clemick. I wrote our silly little theme song, which was then arranged and beautifully performed by my dear friend Casey Aaron Clark on vocals and keyboards and her brother Jonathan Clark on guitar and percussion with Marcus Newstead on bass. Check out Casey at CaseyAaronClark.com and or VitalVoiceTraining.com. Follow us on Instagram at a Degree Absolute. Tweet us at NotAnumberPod. Write the Citizens Advice Bureau at a degree absolute at gmail.com. We'd love to get your emails. And most importantly, please leave us a five-star review on Apple, Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use to hear our show with your wildest prisoner take. And we will eventually, I promise, really read your wild take on a future episode. Finally, I know this one was very discursive even for us, but I still regret that I had to cut Glenn's tribute to the latter-day career of John Schneider, who, of course, was uh, Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard. Glenn really has a surprising appreciation for Schneider and his elder statesman period. There's a scene in, uh, in Smallville where he's strapped to a table, uh, shirtless, and straining against the restraints. So... It's no degree partial, it's a degree absolute, absolute. And Glenn stood up to get himself another oh, good. drink. Good. I, I, I encouraged him to, although I lectured him for not having studio bourbon. It's like, what are you doing? Because again, just like right here. Bedroom bourbon. Wow. Here. I have a decanter for oh, it, wow. but I actually end up using that as a vase more often. So... You decanter for a a vase. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll I'll send you a picture. It's okay. very. Okay. Funny. <laughs>